And we are back, six pack lap of that. Paul Marin's in. And um, today we got a bit of a special guest, sir. I say this because, so not often do I get this reply when booking a guest. Chance Mitchell, 93 kilo US lifter. And very first thing he says is, I'm warning you right now, you're gonna get a lot of heat when I come on. And I said, Pourquoi? <laughs> Pourquoi? I don't get it. Why would you get heat? So he said, basically, um, over the comments he made about Steffi Cohen and the female untested division, which he made, I guess, over a year ago. And um, I remember a year ago, I don't remember the exact comments, because to be quite honest, um, I mean, fuck me, there's so it's a much. Year ago. Well, not only that, true, but there's so much shit talking on social media, like just off our posts, there's so much shit talking and trolls and this, that, and the other. Like you got, it's gotta be some biblical thing for me to remember a year later to be like, whoa, to be on my radar. I'll t to be completely honest, I never even read the comment at the time. I knew I heard somewhere he said something about Steffi's deadlift and everybody turned on him like a wildfire, which is weird because the amount of shit talking that, that we see fly around, it's enough to make a fucking, uh, you know... You know what? Like, yeah, exactly. man blush. Like, everybody's so desensitized now to it because, quite frankly, like anything you post, regardless of who you are, that's you're going to see a bunch of it. That's why I'm, I'm, he was probably shocked he got the backlash he did because people just, uh, you know, people talk shit. And uh, so anyways, and then I was like, really, like, I remember a year ago, but like a year later... Are you, is that still like that? Like, what did you say? It's how personal was age. it? I was like, how personal was it? You know, because it must have been for like over like a year and a half later. It must have been like, you must have said some bad shit. And now I was thinking, maybe I should double back and check. Like, what the fuck? It must have been terrible. You must have got personal on somebody. If it's a year and a half later and um, and like you would still get heat. And he said he came out with like, he came out with an apology apparently afterwards. Saying I'd like to, like a formal apology, which nobody does either. <laughs> So I checked. So here's what he said. I'm going to pull it up. They're talking about her deadlift and whether or not she was going to make it to um, 600 pound deadlift. I remember at the time we had Steffi Cohen on the show and we were asking, Are you, is, will Steffi make a 600 pound deadlift? And um, she said, you know what? I don't think it's a matter of if. I think it's a matter of um, when. I think I'm going to. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind, but fuck it. Like, some people, that's cocky. I love it. I love when athletes yeah, do I, that shit. Why would you not do that if you're an athlete? People are, when people are excited, you're excited. Keep the excitement going. You're supposed to believe in yourself. You're supposed to, right? Yeah. So I never fault nobody for any of that. So anyways, Chance on a Johnny Candido post commented, how much more trend bumper plates, straps will it take for 600? And um, that was a comment, okay? How much more trend, bumper plates, straps will it take for 600? Now, I think, I, I don't know exactly what she's using in terms, but in terms of bumper plates, trend, straps, like I don't know exactly what she's using on, yeah. the, on, the, on the PED side, but we can assume none of that is, is, is untrue. Was it was it fucking crass? Probably crass. Oh, it's, he said it to be me. It's, it's gonna say it's incredibly crass. It's it incredibly was incredibly crass. It was straightforward. It was on the nose, but 
Yeah, he's not holding back any punches or anything like that. But, but he also did not get personal in terms of her, her personally said she's a bitch. Fuck. People no, say like, that. People say yeah. shit like that so freely. And then will it take to get the 600? So he was being negative in terms of, and then later on goes on to say that he doesn't care for the untested female powerlifting at all. I'm just not a fan. Um, he said, it just kills, it just kills it for me. I'm just not a fan of untested female powerlifting at all. Now this is where you're going to get more shit. I would think you would take more heat for that comment than that, that comment. Because you're basically saying, but here's the other side. Let's be devil's advocate for a second. You'll get guys freely saying, I could not give a fuck less about WNBA, but I like NBA. Yeah. But if you say it about powerlifting, so it depends what sport, but you're allowed to say it with basketball. And nobody would bat an eye about basketball. But if you say about powerlifting. To me, it's interesting though. Like, it almost makes me feel like he got more heat just because he calls out untested only. If he just yeah, said that. because you know what? I, if he, he, he likes I don't, tested. If he just said, I don't care for female powerlifting. Yeah. Probably fine. Or maybe, maybe I, don't people, fine. I, don't I don't think fine. I don't think fine. I think there's a lot of people out there that we've even talked to on this on the podcast. When you ask them, you know, who you excited yeah, to watch. Yeah, they say they don't watch. Yeah, they watch, don't watch. They're not fans. Some of them don't even watch people. Yeah. And, like, it's more it's more a relatable thing than a sexist thing where people have straight up said, I don't watch people below my weight class. I don't know. I'm sure those guys are strong. Yeah. But when they're half my size, it doesn't interest me. So it's, it's also a relatable thing. You know what? A girl's like... Kathleen says, I don't watch the men. It's not as relatable. Some of the guys, yeah. yes, but I'm far more interested in the women. I don't think it's sexist, like, I don't like men, but it's more, it's got to be relatable to me. So, but, but, he came off, uh, that comment, when he said, um, he said, I'm just not a fan of it at all, whatever. He's not elaborate. We're going to give him a chance to elaborate on something. Yeah, it's no, a fucking it's, year and a half late to the starting line. The only reason why I say this is because I didn't even know the exact quote. And some people listening might not even know the exact quotes. And I had no idea either. I mean, I knew that, that I knew this happened. I knew yeah. that he said some stuff. I and, didn't really... And can I be honest? I'm fucking proud of not knowing the exact quotes because I don't give a shit. Line <laughs> for line, what somebody says in a comment about a post. And I'm sure Steffi Cohen's like, that's whatever. My thought as well. And I sure as hell don't know line for line what somebody said a year and a half ago. Or, like, no, 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 let me be honest. At the time, I don't know. Yeah. I don't fucking care about somebody's comment to that extent. Unless it's like way over the top. Holy shit. There's so much bullshit getting thrown out there when it comes to uh, comments, etc. Yeah. But in terms of comments, I thought his shit was going to be like the first comment, blunt, on the nose. And I am a quote-unquote Steffi Cohen dick writer, apparently, is what everybody's all over me. But I am a huge fan of Steffi Cohen. I had her on the show and was like... You're like the Conor McGregor of our of our sport yeah. because at a time at the time Conor McGregor had won two titles and everybody's like, can you win three uh, to Conor McGregor? Can you go up to welterweight and win three? Now we know he ended up whatever. But at the time he had two titles and he's like, fuck it, I want to make a third. And people started saying, oh my god, he got people believing a shit they didn't think was possible. He just had this weird charisma about him at the time. Okay, um, and remember this is like a year and a half ago. At the same time, Steffi was hitting numbers, and people were like, oh, holy shit, she can pull 600. 100%. She's one of those athletes that goes out, she smashes a bunch of barriers, yeah. everybody looks up to her. I mean, clearly, she's got, what, 400,000 followers yeah. on that's Instagram? Like, that, that's why I You don't have to look any further than that to say that she's monumental in what she's done for yeah. the sport. She's huge for the sport, and I'm, like, I think she's a great ambassador of the sport, yeah. and I'm a huge fan. So, um, so I could say, as a fan, when I read what he said, it's crass on the nose... But not necessarily, he's not attacking 
um, her personally on a personal level. It's all on the sport level, which I always say when people leave comments, keep it to the sport. Don't attack the person. Don't call names. Yep. And don't get personal. If you know personal information about the person, which on social media, you might know their children or whatever the fuck. Don't cross that line. You know what he does no, for a living? You know what he does for a living? Don't fucking make fun of me like he's a fucking postman who... I don't give a shit. I don't care. Don't go there. Yeah. Okay? You want to go at his lifts? You want to go, you want to go at... He always used bumper plates and whip bars and straps, and I think he's inflating what people's sense of his deadlift is. Fair game. Fair game. Want to say that he think he's using fake plates? Call it out. Fair game. Look at it. It's stupid. It's just it's stupid, sport. but call it out. It's just the sport, though. Like, it's, uh, well, bumper plate straps might inflate what people well, think no, your deadlift I, is. I 100% yeah, agree. Yeah, that's, 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 that's those can. Um, But everyone's aware of that as well. Like, everyone's like, so, I mean, I think if she pulled 600 with straps and the bumper plates and the whippy bar, um, and she could be on whatever the fuck she wants for PDs, it still is impressive. It's insane. Shit. It still blows my mind. So. She, would be the, she would probably be the woman's best deadlifter we've ever seen. Yeah. Maybe CC. No, no, you know what? If she had 600, six C's, like 617, no, she would no, be number be one for sure. Number one for sure. Number one with a bullet. That's going to so, be, be approaching, like, five times body weight for her. Yeah. Like that's... So, so I think in that respect, um, it, wasn't cra- it wasn't crazy. It was, uh, I think, though, what I think, so in term, that's in terms of Steffi. Okay, Steffi might be like, hey, you for sure don't like me, and you're being crass on the nose. It's like if somebody's talking about me and goes, listen, you bald old motherfucker. Look, I'm, pu- I'm fucking pushing 40. Um, I got a fucking piece on me, so ease up. But I'm fucking pushing 40. Uh, whatever. I'd be like, all right, you're being a dick to me, but you're not going. Well, actually, that is personal, wasn't I it? Was gonna that was actually. I, that I was, was going to wait for this. That, that wasn't about to be like, this is like, entirely <laughs> personal. I don't know where you're going with this. Wait, I. I got, all right, I got a lot, it's like I had insecurity issues, I just laid it on the line all of a yeah. sudden there. So it's if like, you want to know how to get to the six pack, uh, yeah, like, he, just, back, he yeah. just gave you everything for the comment section. <laughs> Easy, bro. Okay. So, yeah. Anyways, so uh, the point is, um, I think he got more heat from definitely the women's division comment. And in terms yeah. of that, it's all perspective. Um, I think it's because he said untested, which is weird. Because there is 100%, there are dudes who say, and women who say, I don't watch the other sex that much. We've had other women on here say, I don't watch men that much. And I don't watch girls who aren't that close in my weight class. To me, it seems like you got more heat because of the untested part. It just comes off as like an insecure comment that people yeah. can attack. Yeah. And it comes off in this day and age, like, you, like if, if you come off racist, sexist. Well, it does come off somewhat more, yeah. not bigoted, but you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. very... Yeah. I was going to say if you come off attacking a minority, but there's yeah. more women than men in this world. So you got to pick your battles, homeboy. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful. But he for sure got torpedoed after that. Came out with an apology, and I think he's, we'll, have, we'll talk to him right now about it, but he's probably thinking, God damn, that came off all types of wrong. I'm sure it was like, because you could ask, look at me, you hit the streets. People would be like, fuck the CFL, I only watch the NFL. Uh, that league is beneath me. Um... Fuck it, like I said, WNBA. I only yeah. watch the NBA. Uh, that it's, MLS. it's just uh, MLS. I only watch you know Premier League. It's... Whatever the hell, or straight up in powerlifting, we get it all the time. I don't watch um, like the girls saying I don't really follow the men that often, but I know the women's. Or uh, we have people on here saying you know I don't follow untested men when I'm in the or sorry tested men when I'm in the untested super heavy like Brendan Allen was like yeah. I don't. These guys are listening. It, it, it's not relatable to him. It's not relatable. I'm sure it's awesome, but it's not exciting to me. Sorry. Yeah. But it is what it is. That's fine. Um, it doesn't make him a bad guy. So let's have him on here. It's interesting he had said that. I didn't even know the comments. 
there's so many flippant comments. It's kind of funny, those comments were so huge that a year and a half later, he might still be getting heat. Because in terms of those comments in and of themselves, there's so much worse I've seen said. Huh. Like, I mean, name calling. I had, I had somebody tell me. I posted a lifter, a woman's 84 plus, And some guy called her, like, was making a... Fa oh, great. She did a, a bodyweight squat. And it was like a 400 some months. Yeah, it was a big squat. It's like, dude, that was an awesome squat. She goes, oh. And then I deleted her co his comment. He goes, you deleted my comment? He goes, what kind of fascist shit is this? He goes, listen. And, like, she had said something to him. He goes, listen. I messaged that her and I told her, you fat bitch. And I was like, boom, blocked, you're gone. Holy shit, dude. Wait, like you messaged yeah. her and said that? Why? <laughs> why do you care yeah. so much about what's... And why would you want to try to like, I got to hurt this person now. Yeah. Why, why do you got to hurt this person now? So the point is though, um, you know, in terms of like name calling and getting full on personal like I did on myself earlier <laughs> and shit like that. In terms of all that. You heard some stuff there. Yeah. That was, that was deep. Listen, man, if you got time afterwards, I think we need to talk. Okay, because I'm intriguing. Okay, they legalize weed. I need to get on it in Canada. But, um, no, so I was, I was surprised. Um, you know, clearly he needed to uh, explain himself. Uh, way better and he came off way on the nose and crass and punchy that's another problem with social media you you're gonna drop down two sentences and that's your comment and take it or leave it style and you walk away from it come back and you're just going back and forth with some sometimes you want to win an argument he's going back and forth with johnny candido there you want to win an argument so bad you just keep letting it up and up and up oh, and yeah, you're like, digging the hole deeper and deeper like, and deeper and then later it's like bro you know, it gets, it gets dirty, it gets spicy. I think um, to an extent, you know, some people are learning more on social media. The, the more followers they get is um, like you, maybe before you get away being the guy saying certain things. Now, you almost got to be like, you know, some people before they go into bigger leagues or certain sports, they'll have people talk to them and say like a coaches, managers, whatever. Like, oh, yeah. Watch yourself now. And you, whatever you said earlier and whatever the rest of your buddies And forget say, that, like the ones that don't do that, you know it's going to come back to haunt you. Like, look yeah. what happened in the uh, MLB this year. Had a huge thing with players being ridiculed and suspended and everything else for their tweets they did when they were kids. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. 15, 16, 17. Yeah, yeah. Like, but that's the world we live in nowadays. That is. When you're held accountable for what you said because it's online. It could be dug up. It could be dug up. And um, you might hang around buddies who are living a normal life. And they have um, 300 Instagram followers. And, and they could say... Watching the WNBA is like watching yada yada with a joke or a meme. Okay, and they'll post that meme, and then all your other buddies like it. They look like, that's fucking funny. And a comedian could say that it's in a context of he's a comedian. But if you shared that and you got fifteen thousand followers and a lot of women lifters and whatever following you, they'll be like, "What the fuck does that mean? Is that your view on all women's sport?" You need more context. That blows up pretty you need, quick. You need more context if you're like, "Nah, man, I'm." I don't think that like it's it needs it doesn't have context. Here's a good thing about a podcast: everything we're saying right now is in context. We've had it taken out of context. Me and you both, with Jesse Norris. I was gonna say I don't know. We've what had it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but we have. But in our defense, people said, "Man, you listen to that podcast." But Those fellas. That was, were, that's exactly. They're they propping you up, debating goat status. Um, it's just 
usually like nine times out of 10, it's all contacts. And if every single thing, if everybody was put under a microscope and taken two lines at a time, you just focus on, you could sink anybody. It's pretty hard to have good contacts when you're dealing with like 150 character limit or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah for sure. But um, I think we can agree, no matter what, it was crass, on the nose, and... Um, Probably uncalled for, but... Yeah, exactly. Like, for sure you're not going to make friends with Steffi Cohen, huh? No. And not that maybe he'll never meet her in his life and doesn't give a They could be fun. friends now, for all we know. Like, well, you, you know never what? know what comes out of these things, you right? You know what? Time passes. Pro probably not, but... The thing is, Steffi is, like, pretty easygoing, like, eh, whatever. You know what I mean? Hey, man, whatever this shit. Three years down the road, if he met her and said, look, it, I apologize, I was... Whatever the shit. She could be like, ah, eh, whatever. Maybe I would have made... No, nah, she wouldn't have taken shots. She's not the type. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's pretty, that's why she's a good ambassador. She doesn't get tripped up on shit like this, eh? She doesn't, she will not respond, A, and then B, um, she's not gonna do that shit even initially herself. She makes very few mistakes like that. She keeps herself clean in that respect. Yeah. She's very well groomed in terms of social media. That's why she's got 400,000 followers. Yeah. That's why she is like a good role model. Yeah, because she's easy to like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so anyways, um, chances I guessed. We got a chance to, uh, um, I'm sorry, that's a fucking, look at me, look at, I hate it, man, I'm going through a rough time, obviously, <laughs> okay, we have so much to talk about after this, <laughs> off the air, this, we should just, I'm worried about chance, it. and you interview me for an hour, what the fuck's going on with your life right now, just gave, just gave to lay down on the couch, be like, <laughs> that's right, what the fuck, what's, you, what's going on, where's buddy? your head at, bro? But um, you're losing weight. You're not sleeping. <laughs> that's right. You're losing you're, weight like a motherfucker. You're worried about your hair now. You're worried about dude. getting older. You're worried about your piece, apparently. Dude. Yeah, I keep talking about big my pieces. What's going Which, on? Man? That's a that's a red flag right there. That's a red flag right there. Um, but yeah, this is a middle age crisis. You, dude, going through a middle age crisis. You're gonna show up with a convertible next. Mm -hmm. Leveraged your house. Me and Kathleen broke up. I'm dating a 19 year old. What the fuck? Well, now you're under my midlife crisis. But that's. <laughs> But um, that's another podcast. Altogether. That's another. Like you gotta wait six months. We can only take too much off. Yeah. Um. So, let's get Chance on here with no further ado. Talk to the man. He's also an elite level athlete with tons of ideas in terms of coaching. Uh, been in the game for a hot minute. So let's bring him on. Talk all things powerlifting and hopefully put the Steffi Cohen and untested women's division situation to bed. Or just bring it right back to the or surface. Bring it right back to the surface. This shit was dead, and we just kicked that sleeping dog. Back. Kick that sleeping dog, wake the fuck up and start barking. Alright, let's get him over there. So here we are live with uh, Chance Mitchell, 93 kilo, elite lifter from the US, uh, hot off the uh, Nationals. Chance, how you doing? Good, how are you guys? Not too bad, my friend. Um, so it's me and Paul today. And um, how was the Nationals for you? How's the Nationals experience? Did you hit the numbers you wanted to hit? Uh, we just missed. Oh, I'm getting a lot of feedback here. Are you okay? Give yourself a minute. What you gotta do? Yeah, I'm hearing me uh, come back through this. Bam! So we think we got the the audio situation all linked up. So, um, Chance, you had a good prep. Uh, how did the Nationals go for you? Because 93 kilo class was, was a monster class. Did you see the top 10 totals? I did. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was stacked. Yeah. So I finished, so I, I missed a big deadlift that would have put me over Charlie. Um, 
and that was at the last last second. I got a down command with 755 and everything. It just slipped out of my hands at the last second. Um, but yeah, if I would have hit that, that would have put me in fifth, and I missed that and went down to ninth. That's huge. That's, that's huge. And, that's I, and I total I totaled 800. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, that's crazy. So like like you know you've seen two years ago at Raw Nationals, Lane Norton won. He would place first with 800. I was just about to say I remember two years ago. And this is an ancient history. And Lane Norton, Lane Norton not only took first place at Nationals, he won the Arnold Classic, took a silver medal at the World Championships, was breaking world records. Lane Norton was like, like number two in the world, number one in squat in the world, and fucking 800 now, well, you, you just, you just inching into the yeah. top 10. That's, that's, that's thick, man. Well, the, the funny thing is, is like last year, <clears throat> I placed, I think sixth in the Open and second in Juniors. And I only totaled 772. That was last year. Yeah. That's like 27 kilo difference in just one year. Yeah. And I dropped three places. Yeah. That's crazy. And are you still, how old are you? I just aged out of the juniors. Okay. So this is my, this is my first year in the open. Um, so yeah, I mean, not bad for a first like big raw nationals meet, but yeah, it's just crazy. There's so much talent. Uh, you know, I think, the, the comparison that we see is the IPF top, you know, 10 or, or five. We'll, we'll see maybe, you know, two or three that are way up here, right? And then we'll see a drop-off, and then it's kind of just whatever. But at, at Raw Nationals, it's competitive from one well, from first place to second. I mean, yeah. from 20th. Yeah. From, from first to 20th, it is stacked all the way across from juniors, teens, open, everywhere. And yeah. they're all like, you know, if you've seen um, – Let's think about it. Uh, do you know Austin Schrader? That there's a 93 teenager that was in prime time. That um, man, he, he he totaled like 780 something. But this was his first like big meet at 93, and it's just insane. Yeah, you know, and, I remember. And Charlie that. too was his first big meet at, at 93. There's so many people just moving up constantly, and if you're not going forward, you're falling off. That's, yeah. that's how it goes now. It's crazy because it wasn't that long ago. I remember. If you were junior, it would be rough going into the open. Like you were, a lot of guys would probably hit their physical peak for strength around 30, mature muscle, been working at their craft. And if you were on the other side of 40, again, rough. Nowadays, it's just like you have guys who are 21, 22, who are like smashing it, who are juniors winning the open, not just nationals, but worlds. You got girls and guys in their 40s who are like winning nationals, winning worlds. And it's like so it's thick. so incredibly competitive now. Yeah, yeah. And and this is just this is a raw nationals, but the raw nationals in some weight classes. So we're talking to Matt Garrett, and he was mm-hmm. saying, he's saying on the top end, okay, we'll take 83 kilo for instance. You will have a Brett Gibbs at the top who's not at the US Nationals, obviously. But he thinks he, he was he was saying, even though you, you lose Brett at the Raw Nationals of US. In terms of from one to top dozen, it's probably thicker than the world. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of the top podium, all right, you got to take a couple guys around the world. But from number one all the way to 12, you miss one deadlift and you could drop five spots. Whereas at the Worlds, mm-hmm. I love the world, sometimes it actually gets somewhat watered down because some nations that are well behind get to send their, their champions as well. And if those champions were in Raw Nationals, those fellas and women would not be yeah. in the top ten, which is which makes it super tough. 
because yeah. um, it's a gift and a curse for guys or and girls who are lifting our raw nationals. It's tough because like to make it high up in the raw nationals very difficult. On the flip side, because it's so good, because it's so competitive, man, we're from Canada. I talked to Brett, who's all the way in New Zealand, and everybody watches your raw nationals. You know what I mean? I watched, <laughs> I watched more Raw Nationals this year, I think, than I watched IPF Worlds. Son of a bitch, I commented IPF Worlds. <laughs> Look at this, hey! <laughs> you told me you watched that all I watched them afterwards. The truth, yeah, the truth comes out. I did not watch the live cast, but this time I watched more live cast, I think, for Raw Nats, and I was able to watch for IPF Worlds. It is? And it's just, it's, a lot of times it's more interesting to watch for me. Do you, what do you think about this? Would you rather be... Because, like, it is what it is. You're born in America. It is what it is. Mm. But would you rather be from the U.S. within the thick of things in the, in the toughest nationals where the whole world actually watches your nationals? Or do you ever tell yourself, damn it, man, if I was born wherever the shit, I would be on a national team at every single world championship and the national champion and could be a superstar for my nation? Well, that's a, that's a good point that you're bringing up. Have you, do you know Mason Cabney? Um, which, yep. Yeah. Oh wait! Mass, yeah. Mass yes, Daddy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he's 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 my boy? And uh, we were talking the other day, and it was like, you know, he he's a U.S. lifter. For people that don't know, he's a junior, 83 kilo, very 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 strong, one of the top, you know, five, you know, at 83 probably. Um, but he he, I think he moved over to Canada for some something, maybe I got family or girlfriend or something, and he just did like the provincials or something, yeah. right? Yeah, and uh, I was asking him like, "Yo, are you gonna be able to make the team if you go to nationals and everything?" And so he's not completely sure yet. But yeah, that's a good point. Like, you know, would I want to be really, really competitive or the, the biggest fish, you know, in a smaller pond, that kind of thing? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like doing like obviously raw nationals is the big one. Uh, I've done the Pan Ams meet, you know, the NAPF. I, yeah. I don't think people know about that meet. Um, that it's like a, it's an IPF regional meet for USA, South America. The whole uh, world. That's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a huge meet still. Uh, but there are plenty of options to compete at a high level if you are a high level USA lifter. Um, so there are always options. So I don't really think of it too much like that. But yeah, I mean, if you have the option like Mason, definitely he, he can go try to be on the Canadian team, right? Yeah, possibly. I mean, with Mason in particular, I asked him. And um, so for the provincials, uh, he, he had to be a guest lifter. Here's the situation with Mason. Oh. If I could air his uh, personal... Uh, he moved up. I think it's for a girl. Yeah, it's for... This could be a... <laughs> this, is. You know what? This isn't a Halloween story. This is a fucking... Saint, this is a Valentine's Day story. Okay, it's a love story. But I believe they met at the Worlds, actually. Did, oh, yeah. love with a barbell. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, but... Uh, and her... Yeah, so he moved up for a girl. Where's Mason from in the U.S.? Don't tell me anything, any place warm. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's probably a little north. Okay, good. Okay, good. Because yeah. he moved way the f north. I think Sudbury. <laughs> yeah, no, he did not move to. Which uh, is behind God's back, if you know what I'm saying. That's <laughs> so far up north, man. They are like damn cold, right? So, anyways, um, but I, you can move up, but you got to be a resident. I think you got to be a citizen and show proof of citizenship. What have to have proof of citizenship, I believe. So he's gonna have a, to up his game. Okay, and this is a hell of a commitment for a powerlifting win. He's gonna have to wifey this girl. He's gonna have to marry her. You gotta and, love your powerlifting total. He's gotta do it before our national championship <laughs> in March. That's if it. he wants to go to work. Well, well, you know, and, and, and God bless if he marries marries his girl, comes in second. 
You know, that's, that's, a, that's a commitment. You know, that's a hell of a commitment. But actually, he came in second anyways, but I think he was told uh, beforehand, you're a guest lifter and um, you're, you're not going to be, you know, Canadian national champion or whatever anyways. So his last deadlift, he pulled for more than he needed for the win. Not mm-hmm. saying he would have got it anyways. We don't know because I'm not going to take yeah. away from the kid who won. Simon Chang, I think. Yeah, yeah, Simon, um, Joey's lifter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but... He's um, a phenomenal lifter in his own right. Yeah, like yeah, so mm-hmm. it wasn't a for sure. It, they they would have been neck and yeah. neck, but he's figuring, I got nothing to lose. I came here for a specific total. Might as well pull for it because yeah. I can't Because why not? I'm a, I'm a guest lifter, I can't wait. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's interesting because I've thought about that, right? Like, if I was in certain guy's shoes, there is no doubt. Like, for instance, well, for a little while there, Chris Dunsmore, Kristen Dunsmore, who now is a national champion, but mm-hmm. she was behind... Jen Thompson, who's GOAT 63, Sam Calhoun, who's shaping up to be the future. The future and then GOAT, she's probably. like, she's like, Dan, can I buy a vowel here? Like, what well, if she was from I don't know, Switzerland? I was gonna say she yeah. would be a Sherlock trace her ancestry back to Yeah, she traces her ancestry to wherever. She for sure could be a national champion and have already been in the IPF World Championships and might have placed and got a medal. Oh. Flip side though. Because she's American, she's a star even if she isn't. Because she's American, everybody follows the Raw National. Yes. So it, you don't necessarily – it's a trade-off, yeah. man. And it's like, yes, and for it's sure. Like said, it's not like you don't have other avenues where you can compete at a high level. Like the, yeah, like, like the Arnold. Yeah, like the Arnold. The it's Arnold is just as like – that's the exclusive meet that everybody still wants to do, right? Yeah. Like the, the pro-American sign-ups are tonight. And we're all like ready. We're all gonna be refreshing yeah. like constantly for you know. <laughs> yeah, like it, there's only 40 spots. There's two flights, and for the pro American, if you have a 490-ish, 500-ish Wilkes, you get in. But like in in the 93s, right? There's 10 of the top, or like nine or 10 of the top 10 are all qualified. That's like almost the whole flight. That's like a full flight right there. And there's only two male flights. Like there are so many, there are so many 83s and 93s that would, that I think there's like over 150 or 160 that that qualified for at least the Raw Challenge or the Pro American. So like that's enough in just two which, weight classes to fill all of it up. Which is so this this will be filled up in one like in like two three minutes probably. Yeah. Serious. Like that's, it'll be. Yeah. These like fucking Justin Bieber tickets. First off, yeah. But second off, four ninety and five hundred Wilkes. You have that many people. Again, when Lane Norton won with that eight hundred, he just he just he finally got his five hundred Wilkes and was the number two guy in the world. If yeah. in the world you had in each division a couple guys batting 500 and now in the u.s 500 wilkes used to be good and equipped now in the u.s if you got 500 wilkes you're a fucking bum yeah <laughs> no i'm joking sorry it's not quite that no no it's okay hey like you know at the arnold right um this last arnold uh you know ls was a little off and and you know, he got beat by uh, Sean Moser, which is, you know, he's a friend of mine, another 93 lifter that I think he placed like sixth to the, at this year's Nationals. But he got beat head-to-head at, at the Arnold this past year just because he, you know, a little sick or, or a little off. And if you're off by a little bit, man, that's it. Like, we're so competitive at the U.S. It's There's wild. so many people, man. Yeah, it's wild, man. 
Um, so are you doing that tonight? You got to get your your. Yeah, I'll be on like in three or out three ish hours. I'll be ready. I'll have yeah. Google Chrome autofill and be like ready to to enter all my my shit in real quick. <laughs> this reminds me like in university we got to sign up for a class and there's only so many like ah oh, shit. I said I'm trying to get the right concert concert ticket when you have like three yeah. phones going. You've got a buddy that's sitting at the ticket booth. It's like intense, a- man. So four ninety to five hundred and there's over one hundred fifty, eh? Yeah, I think t- uh, that tonight's is just the pro-American, which is forty only, and you have to have five hundred-ish Wilks, uh, and then like two, three weeks later is the raw challenge, the Friday meet. Um, that one you only need like a four fifty Wilks, so that one will still fill up like crazy. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. think of how many people had a four fifty-ish Wilks as a male. There's yeah. tons of them. Yeah. Out of twelve hundred, maybe four or five hundred, and there's only seventy slots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be tight. It's gonna be thick. I mean, those yeah. those are the big shows. And in terms of the Pan Ams, okay, they if the Pan Ams and North Americans don't get enough love because if you follow them, you get guys like Rondell Hunt when when he we had him on the show, right? And we're like, when was your first big meet? He's like, the North Americans won it, took best lifter, and I, I forget the total he launched up, but he's like, that's the first time people are like, who the shit is this guy? And you can set IPF world records. Pan Ams is the whole side of the world. Yeah. So when yeah. people do- I've done that meet twice. When, yeah, it's huge. When, yeah, it's still a big, huge meet, like, for, for everybody. When people don't know, I think the people who wouldn't know are A, maybe more casuals, um, or B, if you're from Europe, you might not necessarily know, but we're from Canada. We know the Pan Am Championships. We held the 2015 yeah. Pan Am Championships for all different sports. And then um, you also have like the thick nations like Brazil and like those fellas all down south. So there's some powerlifting nations for sure, but that's where all the big boys will still come out and play this side of the world as well. But um, yeah, it's super thick. And then the Arnold Classic, honestly, you got guys from all over the world who want to be on that one. That's another live stream that I think would, I don't know the numbers wise, but would rival It'd be the actually the numbers actually, because it's got to be massive. The reason why I like, here's why I like the Arnolds. And this is why I like the, the um, U.S. Raw Nationals at times can be probably more viewer friendly than the IPF worlds. When the, when the competition is thick and if you miss one lift, you drop four positions, that's viewership. But if it's a basketball game, I'm not interested in the basketball game where one team's leading by 30 points the whole goddamn way. And then they win. That sucks. But if it's a basketball game, back and forth seesaw and they're going for threes and dunks and the whole nine and right up until the end the one guy's got to shoot for that three-pointer try to pull out that's exciting that's what makes the u.s raw nationals exciting now what makes yeah. the classic so damn exciting and in the classic you'll uh raw the Arnold classic you'll have guys like brett gibbs and uh verbecki and those boys show up yeah and Von weisenberg guys, yeah no these guys do show up and it's I mean, previously you could set world records there as well. I don't know. I believe you can't anymore, correct? Well, they got they're they're putting through those proposals and they get voted on at the world championships. But even this past this weekend, even this past Arnold's, they weren't able to set world yes. records. We yeah. got it kind of revoked because yeah. <laughs> of uh, the failures, the drug testing failures. Uh, yeah. Ah, we, so so tonight is the the pro American, which in the past years have been has been an NAPF sanctioned meet, so AKA IPF. Um, so you were able to set world records at that meet. Uh, but the last two years, actually, uh, it has been just a USAPL meet. So a, a, a national level USAPL meet where we can set American records, but not world records. And how many failed tests was it when they started pulling that back? Do you Man, think, I don't, I think, I think, like I think the, the big one, the notable one was uh, 
one that you know the Toronto Pro Super Show uh, we had a lifter 105 junior I don't know yeah. if you remember him yeah yeah you probably remember him I think that was one of the bigger ones and it's only really when we have our international failures like yeah. if we have drug testing failures in the USAPL only like a USAPL meets that is obviously not a, a biggest issue right like the the bigger issues when we go to those Toronto Pro Super Show then APF meets IPF Worlds that's when it like looks horrible you know yeah, yeah. the world's watching the world's watching and it, it sucks because um, you know, if you do, if you fail on an international level, like you got to watch every supplement you take because it's not just you anymore. You're representing your right. patient. And if people get pissed off at you, it's harder to throw your hands up and say, well, why? What's up? Why are people not giving me any love anymore? It's like, hey, man, you can get your whole nation suspended from international competition. Like, you got to be careful. You know, like um, if you have too many in a year, I don't know how many it is in international competition, your nation suspended now. Let alone getting sanctioned. Yeah, and the last thing you want to do is be the guy that gets your nation suspended from international. Takes, that, takes, that's that's a pretty hard PR yeah. thing to come back from. That's, of course, if you're the last dude. It takes a quote-unquote group effort. Yeah. Took all three of you guys, right? But it's you true. haven't yeah. been a third guy getting busted. But, yeah, it's tough. What did you is, think of... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, do you know what happened with the Toronto Pro Super Show? Because after that failure, that, that meet used to be an NAPF meet, and now it's not anymore. I, it wasn't because of the failure... Um, it was, I think it might, was it the fees or something? It was the actual cost to run the pro show. And it wasn't the fees towards the NAPF. I believe it was actually... It was the venue, I believe. The venue, because so with the pro show, um, they make the majority of their money not off the powerlifting, right? The powerlifting's for crowd and everything. Fairly small yeah. potatoes compared to... They got like MMA fighting, bodybuilding, kickboxing, boxing. They got like strongman uh, and they have like sponsors and money. And I think the, the fees are going up, up, up. And the NAPF themselves or someone was like, you know what, I don't think it's in our budget if we're going to do all the other stuff because they like have other international meets, right? Especially if they're going to hold like any, or uh, uh, paying in the same year. you got to think about budgeting-wise. So they yeah. might have been like, hey, it's spreading thin. we got to pull it. You know, it's it's tough, but you got to make some, some decisions. So then I think the Ontario... Um, body stepped up and said we'll run it because you know we don't have as many meets and whatever. yeah and they so, still run it as a prestigious meet but it's not nearly the same level anymore because we like it's not world you, you coming set. up ls mclean came up like we Keith have McConnie, like world Keith McConnie came yeah. McConnie, we have like ipf world record breakers and champions coming yeah. up is a good meet Hopefully. yeah i was gonna do it but it's it's not an option now and that was it was either like this year i want to do an apf or the toronto pro super show as like a second option you know honor Arnold and then maybe one else um, but now it's not an option for us and that, that kind of sucks because I know there's other like regions that have you know like uh, Australia or New Zealand used to have all those expos and stuff that people could go to yeah. they wanted to do an international meet but yeah we're kind of condensed a little bit now yeah and it's really yeah. too bad that we did lose that because it was a massive meet for Canada it, it was, was. A good it was a great you know platform for a CPU to really launch and bring it, in those big it, lifters but and you know what I Honestly, I mean, we said before, sometimes quality over quantity, right? Like, if you throw on a stream, I don't mind if you guys, you boys who are elite, battling out Wilkes in between weight classes, trim the fat. That's I'll watch that more than a shitload of people battling it out. Like, I see Brett yeah. Gibbs on the Pacific Invitationals. Those are probably done now. Well, I can say. Whole other politics. But um, those Pacific Invitationals are pretty cool because you have Coochie, Gibbs, you know, those boys yeah. going at it for world records. And world-class guys. Well, I can say for certain. Like, I was at the pro show this year. I went to watch. I had friends competing at the pro show, and I went to watch them. 
I still wandered away from it. I can I guarantee you, if people like yourself, Chance, or like a Gibbs, or a McCunny, and, LS you know, like all these big names are there competing at that day, I'm not walking away. No, no, you watch it. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the Raw Nationals in terms of how it all unfolded? Because for myself, here's, you, it was kind of shitty the way, because you're not in prime time, you don't even know what you got to pull. Um, so you were, <laughs> pulling, you were pulling what would have ended up fifth, but had you known how everything's going to fold out, you could have made some other decisions. Yes. I mean, it's that's tough. So you could so let's talk yeah, about I can, that. yeah, I can talk about it. I mean, really, it was that morning session. It was just me versus Charlie. We were going head to head to see who would come out, you know, at, on the top. Like, you know, he he finished with eight twelve and a half, and I jumped fifteen kilos to obviously place over him, uh, and then I missed three forty two and a half pull at the very end. Um, so that put me back, you know, far out. If I would have been head to head with everybody, I probably would have been a little bit more aggressive with attempt selection on squat, uh, just because I left, I mean, I squatted 290 at like RP8, and I, I just wanted to make sure I got, got a big squat on the board to stay within range of him. Um, but yeah, if it was with everybody else, I probably would have been more aggressive. Uh, the whole Raw Nationals, though, like, I, you know, if you've never been to Raw Nationals, I mean, you know that there's 1,200 lifters. Uh, it's crazy. And just to be able to have that many people and run something like that, it's going to be hectic. You're going to know that it's going to be challenging to, you know, warm up. If you don't have a coach at something like this or a handler, don't even show up. Really? Don't even show up. Yeah. Seriously. Absolute it's it's back, that crazy. Yeah. Because it, it's hard for most people. I, I, would, just, I would suspect about 90 Nine percent of the world will never see a competition this big. No, I've I've been to like every world for the past few years commentating, and the worlds are like um, the day of. I think it's more well, it is more spread out. I think it's close to the same amount of lifters, but it's spread out over two weeks. Where you guys are, was it four days? Yes, four days. That's insane. It's incredible. That's like that would be an absolute zoo back there. It would be very intimidating. Like, how many warm up platforms are you looking at? Like in the back room, like how? Damn, yeah. You can get lost in a shuffle. I, I, I think there was... There's, and it was downstairs, and then we had to climb, like, a few, uh, you know, sets of stairs to go up to the actual venue area. And then, obviously, you're, like, if you're doing that, you need a screen, you need projectors to see where you're at. So if you don't have someone running over there downstairs to see, you know, where you're at... And then you run upstairs and go, it's crazy. Like, you can't imagine how, what kind of setup like that, you know? Yeah, you definitely, if you don't have a voice, if you're not, like, because just getting on the platform, getting your weight loaded, keeping track of what you need, let alone being in the morning, and totally trying to project what you think you need for your overall, because a guy like you shooting for the overall, so all you've got is one other guy you're pretty sure will be overall, close to the top so you're kind of keeping pace with him not knowing he's he, like even well, especially like yeah no like not you just know, keeping pace with that but you've also got to keep into consideration like i know there's the evening session i know these guys are putting up these sort of totals so i need to be in that sort of range to be that's hectic man that's that's stressful matt gary was talking about a little yeah. bit when we did our mm -hmm. recap show and he said it was pretty nuts um how did you think about the rest of the 93s were you surprised now going in this i said that um i think it was he the dark horse pick did you pick Wilson? Uh, I think I picked no. Ashley. But I think I, he was a guy that a lot of people had their eyes on. Okay, but because he had a deadly, he has want, a deadly last I wanted to pick Wilson because I just like his training style. I like <laughs> obviously the fact that he's a big deadlifter. It's always. But the thing with him, his deadlift is so 50 50 at the top because he's so spread out. Um, 
wicked for his levers. Got huge, like daddy long legs. Um, so he's got to do what he's got to do. But because he's so spread out, when he gets to the top, it's 50-50. And um, I just thought Ashton had that raw horsepower. I thought if they're both plugged to a machine and you both turned on the power, I, I was thinking Ashton was a more powerful man. So usually I swing that route. And then um, LS looked a, off, a little off that day. He's hit 840 before. Um, he, he didn't hit that again. So were you, were you surprised yourself with how it panned out? Not at all. Really? So David Wilson, uh, a good friend of mine. But if, if you didn't know, uh, like two years ago at the Arnold 2016 or 2017, he pulled 772. That was the American record at the Arnold. So some people didn't know really who he was at that time. I mean, he's a good friend of mine. I've known him. We did our, I did my first USAPL meet with him. Uh, that was 2015. And yeah, so I knew how crazy strong he was since then. Um, really, you know, I had a little podcast uh, preview with you know, a couple of friends of mine too. So we talked about this and I was like, look, you know, if Ashton only gets one squat and it's not like 305, David's right there. He can, he can do it. Like I, I, I'm, I'm no, I know his training well enough to say that, yeah, I would be, if he can lock in 355 or 360 and I'm pretty good, I'm pretty confident that he'd be able to get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's, and that's what happened. He only Ashton only scored in two ninety two, yeah. Uh, and at that point, it's like it's really who has the better attempt selection at that point. Who is um, right on the money with their attempts on bench, and then who is you know consistent on deadlift? And um, you know, obviously, David Wilson was consistent that day. Yeah, it's 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 just so um, close to battles because you see like like LS can win. Ashton can come out at like twenty years old, come out of nowhere, young man. Uh, take the reigning IPF world champion, once again, LS, reigning IPF world champion, Ashton, reigning uh, USAPL champion, and then Wilson comes out and he takes it from both the reigning American champion and the reigning world champion, and now we have like so many, like a bottleneck at the top, because it's so thick in terms of the talent pool, and this is all coming from one nation, it's like, man, I don't, you know, when it's next year, Picking is going to be like roll the dice. It depends who hits and who misses. Yeah. You know, is, is, and Ashton seems to be a little bit <coughs> on off with performances. You know, like he can have a performance like last year's Nationals where, I mean, he looked like he like just, he was going to pull it all together. And then in this one, one thing I will give him, those squats, it was close. You know, he was, he was close on that depth. You know, he, he reposted. What did you think about uh, um, the squats there? Because he, he took four, didn't he? Which is always tough. It's a gamble to take four because now you're even more tired and you got a deadlift. And that's tough. Like, would you take yeah. fourth or? It's, I mean, I think it's his style, right? So if people don't know, Ashton used to compete uh, single ply. And so he kind of has that style of a squat where you kind of sit back and you kind of like bend down and like, you know, barely hit hit depth and then just rocket it up. Like, have you seen his, some of his squats where it's just like, he'll hit it and then just like flash up like instantly yeah. at the top. And that's kind of that style. Um, so if you're not like right there, I mean, who's to say, you know, I've seen that kind of style where it looks like it's good, but it's, it's close, man. Yeah. yeah. And you know what else? Um, I forgot to mention, um, David Fricks, thank God he, he, you know, got the squats and whatnot. But he has some weird things going on with his elbows on the bench. He was not straightening his arm to get the start command. Like, oh, please, David, just get this. Like, everybody wants to see the most of David Ricks. 
man's 175 years old and literally right in the thick of things. If he gets a squat in, he's he's he, where did David finish? Does anyone know? He finished outside the top ten. Yeah, oh, did he? he? I think he finished like 13th or something like that this year. Yep. Because he was he was not locking those elbows on the bench. Like he just kept movement around, and they were waiting forever to give him a bench command. Like, oh please, man, get one of these. Yeah. At least he got a squat in and made it happen. Uh, probably the big. The moment I'll remember for David Ricks is when he won the, uh, or sorry, he came in second, second to, to Jesse, Jesse Norris, Norris yeah. and they went toe to toe, and that was like the big, the big moment for David. Um, was there any other highlights for the U.S. Raw Nationals for you when you were watching that stuck out? Um, so you know, I coached some other lifters too. Um, you actually, you were the commentator for the '74 Juniors. I had a '74 Junior that was right there, uh, Michael C. Um, that totaled 717, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was in third place. And uh, he should have, like, it's tough. when Whenever you have Atwood and uh, Blake LeHue, like, battling head-to-head, you know, if, if LeHue would have missed one of those deadlifts or something and would have only got something, then, hey, maybe we could have reached over and, uh, you know, loaded up a little bit more and got that second place. It's tough. It, it's really tough when so, like, every weight class, man, like, every single weight class, no matter what, you know, they're all over, like, 500 Wilkes, all the way to, like, 8. It's which nuts. Is, which is crazy to think. It's nuts. Blake Lehue's another guy with a deadlift style who's very much spread out and seems to teeter at the top, and it's kind of 50-50 as well, eh? So when you're picking your attempts and you see them, it makes it so much more difficult where you're like, what should we go for? Because it's kind of 50-50. I'm not sure when it comes to third attempts. You know, I've seen him at the Worlds, and, um, I mean, he's rolled the dice and went all in, but it's... He'll get right up to the top, and then it teeters out, and, that, and that's that. Whereas um, I think Atwood's a whole lot more sturdy. Um, how do you think, in terms of the American team, who do you think has the biggest potential in terms of walking away with the Ws at the Worlds? From what you mm, Like, who's a lock? Who's yeah, who things are locks? Who would be your early favorites to stand out for you? So, 74, right there. That's the obvious one. I mean, Atwood, I, I think... Um, as long as he hits what he should and he's not injured, I think that's his biggest issue. He usually gets hurt, you know, the last few weeks and still does really well. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if he comes in 100% or 105 10%, like, he's just going to put up a total that probably could be really competitive at 83, too, you know? <laughs> if he comes in 100%, I think he's going to hit an 800 total. And I was about to say, mm-hmm. could this man hit an 800 total at 74 kilo. I remember when Brett Gibbs hit an 800 total at 83 kilo. He was on the cover of IPF magazine, and everybody's like, oh my God, 800 total. I think so. Like, you watched him at Ron Atz this year, where, again, he still, I think he was fairly healthy, but he still had some nagging injuries in that. Like, his last deadlift still looked like an opener. Like, yeah. It's scary. Like, the, the guy looks like an unfreezable lift that he just has so much more in the tank, and he just doesn't do it because he doesn't need to. And he's yeah. already hitting like an 11 times body weight total. And he might have the best hair. I know it's not actually that, but yeah. Guys like me and you hate that. That's why we I, that's, I, I heard against the guy. But, uh, but yeah, and, and who else? Um, I was surprised, too. Um, Dennis Cornelius pulled out. Matt Somner's in. So Dennis Cornelius obviously was just running a dynasty going in the IPF Worlds. But now, like Matt Somner... A 910 total and a, and a 900 one in at Worlds with uh, our boy Eric Willis. So we're going to have some battles at the World Championships. Summer's a strong cat, yeah. but the rest of the field's pretty close. You got Ray, had a bit of an off day, but, but they suspected that. Yeah. Because he had been flying out. Exactly. Like, uh, the guy that showed up basically right when he was supposed to take the platform. Like it wasn't even. Can anybody test Ray Williams? 
Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. He, he flew in, and he, he was like, his flight situation was super weird this time. And even then, like, come on, man. No one's, yeah. no one's touching that. He's like Roy Jones when he was boxing in the 90s. Um, he was on, like, a men's basketball team. And he's like, fuck it. I'm like, usually, he would have, like, a multi-million dollar championship fight that night. So he's not going to play basketball that week or whatever. It got to the point where he would tell his men's league basketball Fuck it, I'll play that game. Put me in. And he's playing <laughs> earlier that day. Pick up back. What if you're going to get hurt? He's like, I guess it'll be a closer fight. Like, you know, like, I'm trying to make it good for these fellas. Um, that's kind of like the Ray Williams situation where he's like so far ahead. Worldwide, like we lost Jezza. Kelly Brayton, I think, is taking a year off. He's now it's like off. we need Luke Richardson to pick up some steam real quick. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You think yeah. I mean, too, Matt Gary. Matt Gary's handling him. Like, the attempts are going to be there. As long as he hits depth on squat, like, there's going to be no issues, you know? Yeah. Matt Gary, will, In my opinion. Matt Gary will never let somebody get too out of pocket. He's always that Mr. Steal the win. PR is if they're there. But if not, yeah. it is what it is. Um, and I was also pleasantly surprised. Daniela Mello and Amanda Lawrence. That's pretty, you know, it's, I, I had a feeling Mello was going to win. But I'm glad someone stepped up. What, what do you Amanda Amanda sent me like two weeks before or maybe a week before nationals. She's like, don't 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 tell anybody or don't just show anybody this, but she sent me that five fifty squat that was like crazy. And I was like, like I because I, I did the little preview and people were like telling me, oh no, you, you should have put me at this place or no, I, I I really should be able to beat this dude or whatever. And then she said she sent me like maybe days later she sent me that and I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because really, like from what I've seen with her training, really it was that bench difference. But I was like, man, maybe. Maybe Amanda's going to be able to make up enough on squat, especially with Matt Gary handling. Yeah, yeah. Shit, like, okay, okay. I'm, I'm riding with Amanda, but I don't know. So it, it was cool to see. It was definitely cool to see. Yeah, I was glad because um, exactly like you were saying, I knew, like, obviously Mello previously, Mello going into the 500s would have been like, holy shit, this is a freak girl. But then we didn't, I didn't find out at the 550 until afterwards. We reposted on King List 550, and it looked good. It looked pretty good. And, um, and seeing what they put on the platform, I don't know if she cuts a lot. I, I, she was on here. I don't think she cuts she didn't she cut very much, she said. So it's not, it wasn't unreasonable. It was less than 550. You know, and Matt Gary and them wanted that chip. And um, so it's totally reasonable. And Matt even said that he saw the video. He knew exactly. And he yeah. thought, yeah. if she would have hit that, that 540 was more than there. If she would have hit that, and they yeah. kind of knew, they kind of knew that um, she was going to build her base in squats. If she, if she missed a squat, it'd be tough. Because then that gap you wanted just got shrunken down, and now Mello's going to do her thing. Yeah. So when she missed that, it's kind of like, ah, damn. You know, just because it would have been right down to the wire. But if nothing else, if that 550 showed nothing else, man, for years to come, these girls, if she goes three for three, and it's the other way around, and Daniela misses a squat, could have been a completely other story. It right. really come down to like stay in the pocket. Here's another thing that's tough to handle when you're um, what, like an athlete. If your athlete is rocking and rolling as quickly as Amanda Lawrence is, how do you call your squats? When you hit 550 and you're like, okay, well, that wasn't the plan a month ago. Like a month ago you weren't strong enough for this and now already we got to rejig everything. You don't even know what you're supposed to put down for the attempts. You're like, 
I don't know what to put. I don't yeah. know where to peg you. I don't know where if I'm cutting you short and you're leaving kilos on the table or if I'm over-pushing because he's had a really good day and that's an outlier. History isn't going to give us much because throw it out the window, you're, you're a new athlete every two well, weeks. Your progress is so When you're much. somebody like her and you open up with an American record. Yeah. And you smoke it to the point where, you know, it doesn't. It looks like you still belonged in the back room. Yeah, it makes it difficult. It pretty much makes the whole plan go out the window, I feel like. What, like, is, you can't plan for that. What is it harder for you to on game day to perform or to handle when you're in the midst of a battle like that? Okay, so <laughs> I, I so I was handling and coaching all week and then also competed afterwards myself too. Um, handling people, I am like an, an emotional, nervous, like wreck in my head, but I, I keep it calm. I'm cool. Like I can pick the attempts. We're good. I, I'm handling everybody. Everybody knows what they're doing. We're all set. But in my head, I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. Are they going to make it? 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 And so I'm generally a little bit more cautious just because I want to make sure, hey, you know, we hit this last meet. Let's just try to get, you know, five, seven and a half, maybe 10 kilos, not go crazy, not be too aggressive. Um, and so sometimes I, I, you can get in your head if you're the handler about it and not go too crazy. Some people, some people, man, they, they think they're going to be on point no matter what. This is the day. And no matter more conservative especially on the bench and squat because those are the first things and then you can you know let it ride on, on the deadlift i generally i think it's just people's you know mentality with this you know i'm generally a little bit more conservative uh, i'll save some on squat and bench and that was the problem with me against charlie like i i shouldn't have been as conservative with my squat like i i could have squatted 297 that meat like easily and if i would have maybe i wouldn't have had to pull 755 so it's kind of one of those things, you know, when you, yeah. when you, when you're going to handle, do you look at somebody's like best gym lift, check out the video and kind of make a judgment off that and be like, I want to keep you short of that lift or possibly just touch that lift. What do you kind of look at when you're looking at those? Attempts? So the way I have my training set up for some of my lifters that I coach, generally I'll know, okay, we're going to at least have this weight. You know, if they're training with kilos, if they're training exact standards, as you know the meat um i'll know that okay hey as long as you feel the same pretty damn close which this should be if all variables are the same um we'll be able to aim for that and hit that like if you hit something at like nine and a half uh a week before or something then i go okay we can we can probably aim and plan around that number i don't like to be super aggressive with what i can expect but yeah like i'll 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 try to chill on some of that sometimes like especially if you're looking at their previous results it's like, okay, we don't have to go 15 kilos for make a big, huge PR. We could just go 10. And that's yeah. still 10 kilos over the last time, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you look at, so it's, it was interesting because in terms of like selecting attempts, like Amanda Lawrence, we were just talking about, um, treaded real close, flew close to the sun with that 550. So they kind of were t telling themselves, we might not need 550. It's kind of a little short. And, um, and even that on that day, a little too much. But then on the flip side, you have other guys like Brett Gibbs and um, Sam Calhoun, who had made a post, and we reposted, where she said, look it, in training, my numbers were quite a bit below what she had on the platform. Does that make it, and that was to, to like to play it, like she didn't want to overreach. Um, when you program, how close do you let your lifters come to maxing, one, and then two, does it make it more difficult if they're not close, if you haven't really seen them start to grind a little, so you're like, fuck, I'm not sure where to peg you. Yeah. 
I mean, you definitely have to know your lifter. If this is someone you've worked with for X amount of time, right? If we have experiences at previous meets where, hey, I put on the weight that you should have for sure had, and they just have a tendency to break down when they get to that limit lift, you know? Yeah. Then you have to know that. So, like, for me, I, I, I'm always more conservative, especially when it's someone that I don't for that day then yeah i'll be a little bit more cautious and you know i'll air you know two and a half kilos especially on something like bench where you know the commands are long or maybe it just is inconsistent and it wasn't as long or it wasn't as short as the previous attempt generally i don't like to have my lifters max out more than like maybe that last week out will be the heaviest squat and that's it but otherwise no maxing out nothing i mean we 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 know where we were you know in previous meat preps and I'll be like, okay, we're, we're at a schedule where we know we kept all the variables the same. We're about the same time out as last meet, and you only hit 260 on squat. This time you hit 267. Okay, so we can play in around 7.5 kilos more than what we did at the last meet, you know, that kind of thing. Mm, yeah, so, using, so that's where staying with the coach for duration of time and them getting to know you really makes a difference. Because otherwise, some people want to hit, they start doing the math, and how much do you believe in this where they use training numbers math to what they think should be projected on the platform. Like how, how do you devise your programming? Do you work it off of RPE? Do you work it off a of percentage of the previous lifts in a competition or a mixture of the above? So I like using RPE and I think depending on the lifter, especially if it's someone that you trust, you can be a little bit more uh, aggressive with RPE sometimes during the end of the me prep. Generally, you know, I, I like, you know, the RP top sets and percentage back down and make the volume easy. Make it something they just eat up and then get those top sets in. That's generally what I like to run with. Um, what was that first, second part of your question? I think um, that was part of it. That and sometimes using like a previous competition and, and knowing if not, if you're using RPE, let's say, so you're not going to use percentages mm -hmm. in the previous competition, would you instill caps sometimes? Because there's some lifters, mm -hmm. tell them RPE 9 and you know, and you're like, listen to me now. So we pace you properly. I don't want you touching over 500 for squat until we're at least two weeks out. Just because you know some people are like, yo, I'm gonna hit this number for eight weeks straight. And you're like, we've never done that before. That's probably not a good idea. So have you had to do like caps like that? Yeah, I'll definitely cap some some guys. Some of the, the younger guys, you'll definitely cap them. But two is like, as long as you know the limit, then okay, if you're a little bit more aggressive, we'll just know that, hey, we're gonna have to take a little bit less. If, if that is their tendency to be a little bit more aggressive in training, then yeah, you, you cap it or, you know, you just say, okay, hey, we're probably gonna take less than what you hit for the last couple of weeks, but ending three for three and making a big lift is better than obviously missing something that, you know, you didn't could, could, for sure could have had. Yeah, and there's also variables as well as like when you're in the gym, some people cut a huge amount and you got to explain to people, look at, um, to an extent, you're trying to better your last competition, not what you did in the gym, because in the gym, you could have been a weight class or half a weight class up. You got guys like Charlie Dixon, who went from 83 kilo to 93 kilo in 20 minutes, right? <laughs> Literally, as soon as he decided, I'm no longer 83, the guy seemed to be 205 pounds jack with abs. So the guy's like, he was suffering to make 83. So you know when he's prepping for 83, he was probably floating around 200 pounds or in the 190s somewhere and like sure. smashing big weights. So these are these things that you got to like take into account when you're talking to your lifters, like how much water weight are you cutting? What am I to expect? And what's your 
take on water cutting? Do you have like procedures you like? Do you try to talk people out of it or leave that until a few years in? Like what's your thoughts on that? I love water cutting for the elite. So if you're top, you know, 5% of the lifters, if you're nearing 500 Wilkes, you know, I have a few that, that are, then of course, of course that's where you can do it. Um, and then just basing it off what you did last meet, you know, if you did the same sort of water cut, the same, we can expect those numbers. Uh, I generally think that if you're not at that top level, there's never a reason to do it. Uh, thinking about, you know, raw nationals, right? How competitive it is it? Is it all the way down to 20 places? If you're not even there, why does that, why does it matter? You know, you just got to get stronger in general, mm-hmm. but I do, you know, I do do water cutting with my lifters, um, that are, those are that higher level, like I said. And, uh, I think people actually overestimate how much it really affects you. I, I think a lot of it is to do with dropping training variables. Uh, if you've done like a, or, you know, a really aggressive water cut, I've done some crazy water cuts actually to make some, some, I, when I used to compete 83, uh, and really it, it only affects you as much as you let it. If you've been eating enough calories, keeping the calories high, but dropping the actual fluid. Yeah. Well, so there's a lot there we can talk about for sure. Let's, let's tell me about some of the craziest water cuts you had. I love, I love me some good Jurassic water cut stories. <laughs> if you see leprechauns in the sauna or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, like packing, I packed, uh, like a space heater in my luggage because I knew I was going to sweat out at the last like couple hours before the meet. Um, packed a, a space heater, brought a sauna suit, and, you know, made the bathroom hotel into like a nice, like perfect sauna, nice. sitting into a cup, that kind nice. of stuff. Wow. And, and I still went doing really, really well at that meet. Uh, I think obviously you have to adjust your, your expectations for that meet uh, depending on how bad it is. But I, I think people overplay how much it affects you. I think more of it is to do with dropping training variables or like if you drop your volume and you're like detrained, is it really that or is it the water cut? You've got to know the difference. And I think a lot of people tend to not understand the difference. If you train, if you train and you knew what you hit last week, say for example, right, you were competing, you hit 550 on squat last week and then you water cut and you were, you'd, everything else stayed the same. And every week previously, you were able to hit 550 or five in that same strength range. Yep. And then you start warming up and you realize, okay, there's not too much of a difference there. Then, yeah, you're going to know approximately where you're at. But I think the biggest thing is the calories. People, you know, don't eat enough calories and that's what drops their weight. And sometimes that will affect it too. What do you do in terms of day of uh, both replenishing and during the actual competition, are, do you have your athletes eating during the competition? So I think a lot of people, like you've probably seen like the donuts and all that kind of shit, like right after weigh-ins, I'm super against that. Like you want the fluids, you want to get that down quick, let that, you know, obviously hit you. And then during the meet, like you can start eating like, you know, stuff that you're used to, like cliff bars, uh, pretzels, like candy, that kind of stuff. But generally, like, I, I feel like most people really need to be focusing on the fluids, and that's it. Like, especially if it's an actual water cut where you're actually losing that much water weight. Yeah. How much is that much? Because there's some people float around. I know, I know for myself, it's, it's different, right? There's some people who, who shed, and obviously it depends on percentage of the body, but can do, like, 10 to 15, 
And some people do five pounds and they're like, holy smokes, man. I feel like that that hit me. And if you think it feels it hits you, it's going to reflect. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of like, we, I, 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 I try to tell everybody, practice a cut before you actually do it. Because it's not going to feel like you're going to think. It's hard to anticipate. Sometimes it feels like you're, during it anyways, you feel like you're sick. And if you feel sick, everyone knows like, uh, you don't get, you don't turn around from it two hours later. The thing with water rehydration, you sometimes can't. Like I've had points where it's hard to like, if you haven't done it before, for people listening, when you feel the very depths of it, you're like, holy shit, I feel like I feel when I'm like on the bed, bedridden, not going, not going to work, and I'm fucking sick. And if you told me at that point, throw some weight on your back, I want to see how much you're going to squat, it would rattle you. You'd be like, holy, I can't even picture squatting on me. Oh my God, I'm fucked. But if you've done it enough times where you know what I feel right now, four hours later, which isn't a lot of time, I'll be another human being. And, and it can actually happen, but it rattles you. You know, it oh, really yeah. is psychological. And sometimes it's not across the board. We're both 83s. Um, how much weight can I cut? Well, I cut 15 pounds, so you should be good. I cut 15 pounds. My body's not your body. A, I got a much bigger piece. B, who knows how much water I can take out of myself, right? So it's all variables, you know what I mean? So do you get your athletes to do a practice cut or? I, I don't like to do practice cuts. We'll do like a lesser meet. Like obviously oh, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. do the first cut, you know, at a, at a big, huge meet. Uh, but maybe a local meet and we'll try it out. I've had an 83 that... Oh, it was, I had an experience with one of my 83s that, that I think I sent you one of the videos, actually. Um, he would have been right there with the top with Sean and Russell uh, this past year. Uh, but he cut from he told me like that Friday before the next week. Uh, he told me he was like 189. And then, like, three or four days later, he's like, all right, Chance, I'm 194, and I have to make weight at 183. <laughs> Something else last year. But but I'm like, yo, okay, all right, like, so we can do it. But, like, and he still did, he did crazy. He put, like, 770 total or something like that. Wow. Uh, yeah, very strong. And he, he sat this one out, actually, uh, for some personal stuff. But he'll be at the next one, man. He's going to be ready. But uh, yeah, like it, it really is. Ultimately, if you ha if your coach has a good grasp on the actual training numbers, you know the differences. Like he he spit, he sauntered, he did everything that morning of, and made weight at 183, and and was on. He squatted 622, uh, bench 385, and just missed 694 at the top Dang. on deadlift. Yeah, he's strong, man. He's he's crazy. Man, it was only a couple years ago. Hack was winning with like 777. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Like, Jesus, man. And this is a junior? He's an open 20, uh, 83. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wowzers. So he kind you'll, of... You'll, yeah, you'll see him next year, man. You'll see he's... I bet, because he strong. looks... He sounds like he will be floating and around 800. And so the 83s get bigger. Mm -hmm. Dude! Just more and more 83s. And, um, so did you ask him, hey, man, what did you do on the weekend that you put on five pounds, <laughs> chubby? Easy. I'm going to party with this guy. Yeah. Like, that guy, that was a carefree weekend. Wowzers. I'll t one, I, one time I remember um, Joey Flex was coaching me and I, I did exactly what we were just talking about. Um, did a practice smaller meet just to test out cutting because I hadn't done 83 in a long time. And uh, my skill I had was lying to me the whole time. So when we finally got there, holy shit, I'm like four pounds heavier. And I'm like, whoa. So I already thought I had like a good chunk of sweat. And 
add four pounds of sweat is a lot more sweat when you already have a decent size. That's like enough to tip you over. There's nothing shittier yeah. than being like, Woo, we're done, here we go. Nope, let's take four more pounds out of you. When, you're, when you thought you squeezed every last bit of juice out of that rock and you gotta go four more pounds, there's nothing more heartbroken. You were there. I had a sweatsuit on. I was, yeah. Once. I had like very limited time, so I was on like a treadmill or some shit, because I had like like no time. Like the clock was winding down. And it looked like I had two black eyes because my eyes were sunken in. Paul looked at me, he's like, what the fuck happened to you, man? It was terrible. It was only a test I was, I was drinking my Pedialyte at this point. That's right, you were already, everyone, everyone's already rehydrating. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm not even gonna make it. So um, I finally did make it did like the lowest openers you've ever seen. And I had two weeks before the actual meet I was peaking for. And that means I had two weeks to shed a little bit of weight, lose, you know, three pound and a half a month. Not that crazy. You're going to feel okay. Uh, so lost three, four pounds. And then the weight cut was all right. But 100% I agree, especially for someone who was like, in my case, I was dropping down for the first time to 83s. Not only like if you could do the cut at your home for a practice cut, just to see what it feels like. There's variables that aren't there. Go to, go to a hotel room where they might not have a sauna. Go to a hotel yeah. room where you have that mad panic. All right, there's a two-hour weigh-in, son. Yeah. You got it. You, you have, like, the clock ticking. Say, throw Deal the with that shit. So throw in the fact that you're getting more stressed out. Cortisol levels are shooting up, which is yeah, that you're not going to cut even. And, and travel. This was in the U.S. I had to drive down from Canada. Um, like, it wasn't a huge drive. It was, like, whatever, Michigan. But still, it, the point is, like, it, I, I agree with you where doing a smaller meet where the variables aren't in your control, that is a for real test. And then it's a meat that like, whatever, if it's a really shit cut, throw away the meat, you're not gonna carry it with you. At least you know, you gotta bring your body weight down, whatever. But um, I've had a couple buddies who did a test cut at home, which is like, like, I guess better than nothing. But if you're doing it at home and you're just in your own situation and then you go to your own gym and fuck around some weights, it's not going to feel the same when it comes to game time. You're not stressed. You show up at the gym when you want to show up and you do whatever you want to do. But, um, and that's a whole other variable in terms of these kind of things. Um, how much weight do you usually give people in terms of percentage-wise to cut? What, what do you find yourself? I don't know the specific percentage. I, I generally take it on a case-by-case -case basis, <laughs> like yeah. in the 83s, right? If you're 180, you're trying to make 183. I always want him to stay under 190. So, he, he, like, in that case, he knew it. <laughs> and at the last second, he's magically a few pounds heavier. Oh. But, but like, like that's, like, if you're a male, if you're a male, even from, like, 66 kilos, he, like, like, JP, like, JP Kachi, he used to do, like, you know, 10, 11, 12-pound cuts. Um, probably under 10, you know, if you're 66 kilos all the way up to 93. But I, I've seen some of the bigger guys, like, like Dennis, he does, you know, maybe seven, eight kilos sometimes or a little bit more. Um, I, I don't know what they can handle or how much it affects their performance. But, yeah, generally under like three-ish, four kilos what, at the most. What's the biggest cut you had to do? You ever, you, did you ever fly too close to the sun, get a little too greedy and be like, whew, that was, that was a mistake. <laughs> I got a little big. Uh, when I was in 83, I cut from 194, so like what he did, um, the same thing. And that, that was pretty rough, but I think at that point I had a good mentality about it where I, I planned to adjust my numbers anyways, and 
I didn't really max out that much in training, so I had no idea where I really was at at the end game. But I did really well at that meet. And, um, yeah, sometimes I, I think everybody has their own range that they can handle, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because um, you've had a couple situations, Paul. Yeah, my last water cut went slightly sideways and was just over 7 kilos at 74 kilos. <laughs> which is <laughs> silly percent. Was your scale off by, like... Three uh, kilos or something, or what? I think his judgment was. My judgment. <laughs> yeah. His, he was, with your scale off, you, you would be, you'd be like, you didn't do this on purpose. It's like, it, it's, most, it mostly had to do with the fact that I was going, basing it off my morning weight, not thinking about the fact I was weighing in in the evening. Yeah, there was. So I was, uh, I was a good two kilos heavier than I was expecting to when I actually started my cut. He, he, uh, he, this was another right up to the bell in the sauna, make weight, squats, ooh, little tight, bench, yeah. getting better, deadlifts, got a PR. So you got, like more, like you were saying, more and more rehydrated as they go. There's not so much you're rehydrating yourself though at that point. It takes some time, yeah. If you, like, I, came, I came out of the sauna not actually able to sweat. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a big thing with the, the local meets too. Like USAPL, I don't know how CPU does it. There are local meets that are like, Yo, you'll weigh in two hours, and the meet will start late, and you may start, like, four-hour weigh-ins. You basically yeah. get, like, four or five hours. That's a, that's a huge, huge, huge advantage yeah, that you would huge. never get at, like, the Arnold or Raw Nationals, where you have literally, like, I could be the last one in the in my order to weigh in, and I'll get, like, an hour and a half. Like, yeah. that's just how it goes sometimes, yeah. you know? But at local meets, you can get, like, four or five hours. I've had some crazy fucking meets like that, you know? Yeah, you, I know. You're the dude in your weight class who is like, like a Charlie Dixon, who actually, I remember maybe it was two years ago we did a Raw Nationals preview, and I, I wasn't familiar with Charlie yet. This was before Charlie was Charlie. And, um, well, he's always Charlie. He was always Charlie, but, Charlie, but I'm just, right. I, I got there before you did. So anyways, um, Joey Flex said, listen to me, there's a guy in the 83s. If this Raw Nationals, because it's prime time, um, if the prime time makes them weigh in late, or like like or sorry, weigh in and then they start late, which they ended up that year. This is the year they end up deadlifting at like whatever the clock in the morning. It was like yeah, twenty sixteen. This, yeah. this dude will be a full fledged ninety three by the time they start lifting. Whole game changes. If it stays actually two hours after weigh in, this guy is not going to be as strong. And we'll see. But he's like, trust me, with this kid is huge. And then literally we know like we had Charlie on now since then he run junior worlds whatever the shit. And my God, yeah. He was like in June, 83 kilo with abs, and then in July, 93 kilo with abs. Like this guy was always 93, so yeah, if you start on time, it's big. If I saw a guy like Charlie weighing in, I'd be telling the meat director, yo, let's let's fucking let's go, let's get it moving, let's go, let's get it started. Is that three two hours? I don't know. I would be loading the fucking weight yeah. on the platform. Let's go, fellas, let's go. Put the spiders on loaders. <laughs> let's keep this shit moving. There's a monster back there who's like a fucking sponge right now, and he's damn near 120. But, um, listen, we're getting close to the time. I think we're actually running a little over. Uh, one thing I wanted to address, when I first messaged you to come on here, you had said to me, my friend, you're going to get heat if you, can't, you, you have me on. <laughs> and I was like, I was shocked. Why? And then, um, and then you told me it's like about a year and a half. And I was like, listen, if this is seriously still an issue, we should put it to bed because it's a year and a half. I, ch I didn't even know about the comments. And then I checked it out, and we talked about it before we had in the intro. And um, a couple things, like, from my take. A, I think it people must have been really sensitive because that was, I thought it would be some harsh shit. 
I'm, like, I'm king of this, man. We get some for real troll comments where people are like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm desensitized by the shit I see, the posts I, the posts I make, but sure. you, you weren't calling names or nothing. I think the comment that people were upset about, so the Steffi Cohen thing wasn't as, like, bumper plates and whatever, like, yeah, it helps. If you use bumper plate scraps, whatever, it's going to help. That's not as big. It was just the way it was worded on the note. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was a lot of that that probably, I, I think sometimes as people have, like, a, a negative bias already about somebody, and then it's like, this is it. This confirms yeah. it, you know? When it's like, man, like, you, you, what you saw was... You know what? What was meant to be like a, a, a more of a joke? It was it was to Johnny Candido, and it was on his post on Facebook, which was like what I thought was friends like group, but it was this full public thing, and everybody was was on it. Um, and and it was kind of it was like a dumb thing to write. Like it was obviously like come on, man. Like you don't you don't need to you need to do that. And obviously, I, I made an apology just to to show that hey, I really do mean that it's yeah, we, a sincere apology about it because. It, 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 it wasn't meant to be something like that and it was kind of the spur of the moment type thing and I, and I feel like if you if you've seen like um, if you, anybody there's always somebody that that'll that'll do something like that and they'll get mobs of people attacking you and that's just that just happens and, it, and it's something where you do one little thing that someone doesn't like or it's not a popular opinion or something and and that's it they'll go after you you know yeah, it's a, it's, you see sometimes people like pile on and it probably is like if you're waiting in the wings because mm -hmm. there are people who say some shit or for instance, if you say something that's moderately, well, that was on the nose, but on the same token, like I usually say to people when it's king of those comments, as long as you don't go personal, if you say something about the lift, um, like man, fucking that federation, whatever the shit, that's sports. Man, that squat was high. Man, you know what? I think you're using a deadlift bar and it's inflating. We're using straps. It's inflating what you think you can do on the platform. When the platform comes, I don't think you're going to have it. That's sports talk. That's like if you see whatever sports. Man, I've seen this guy. I don't think he's going to produce on game day. Like, I allow sports talk. You know what I mean? And there are people like, as long as it stays sports talk, even if it's negative, harsh, on the nose, it's sports talk and not personal. So, when in terms of that, I'm never like overly, uh, I let it fly even if it's on the notes. If, yeah. it's, if it gets personal, I'll delete a comment. But then it turns weird when if you give a negative sports talk perspective and you keep it sport, so you don't name call or get personal like you know something personal about somebody and you bring that up and right. attack. You never go that mm -hmm. route or call names. And yet, because you did, they'll do that to you. And all of a sudden now it's name calling and now it's personal on you and it's like, damn, man, you're taking it way beyond what he did. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, sure. they take it as a reason, well, now it's free game, let's get personal. So that's where, like, I always try to caution people, you know, you think you're, you're virtue signaling and be being a hero, but in reality, you took it the whole other step. And That's exactly what it is. They think they're virtue signaling, and it's like, come on, man, like, you... You're taking what I said, what what was not even personal, like you said, it, it, it was nothing against her. Like I, I don't even know her. I've never met her. Nothing. And what it really was is about the lift. Like I, I feel like people now understand that, like the bar stuff and everything, it makes a huge difference. Like if, especially if you've competed with the deadlift bar, the bar spread changes so much of the lift, especially if you struggle like sumo deadlift off the floor. 
when you get that little extra boost to, to push you in the position, you can start doing what was a max for like a triple or a set of four. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, the bar makes a difference. Straps makes a difference. Yeah, Bump yeah, yeah, yeah. Bumps. And that was and that was really kind of just like an offhand thing. I didn't really even think about that. But afterwards, yeah. Yeah, and then like the spread of the bumpers and stuff, dispersion of the mm-hmm. makes a difference. I, but I think the comment that people were pissed off about, well, we were kind of saying it's it depends on how it's taken. Is when you said you didn't like the untested women's uh, division. But what I was saying is, man, you get dudes who say all the time. Hey, look, I, I watch the NBA, but I don't watch the WNBA, and nobody's going to say shit because that's, that's basketball. But, and you get people in powerlifting, women will say, I don't really follow the men because I'm not into that shit. And then you get men who will say, I don't even follow anybody underneath 100 kilo because I'm uh, 120 plus and I can't relate to that shit. So when you said that shit, though, people took it as, he, that was a sexist comment, let's go in. When it's like, that's the problem, it's a comment. They get, they'll dissect it as opposed to um, if you just say, like, look it, I don't know what that, so anyways, that, I was just going to bring that up and let you kind of maybe address that because maybe it's that situation as well. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, with, say that again? Do you remember that you one? That, do you remember that I think that was a follow-up comment that got people all ruffled. Yeah, I think what more of that was is like you, I think most people know that I I basically I'm IPF USAPL. I just follow my my stuff, and I don't really know. I have friends that are USPA or whatever that I know personally, and I'm like super cool with them or I care about their stuff. But generally, uh, I mean, I'm you know if if I had a son or a daughter or anything, I would want them to do it clean. You know, that's more of my thing, and that was really all it was. And you know, that would be my my case, right? Like if I had a daughter, I would not want them to do that, you know. But I, it really wasn't anything against her or anything, or or really anything about that for that matter. I just feel like, you know, sometimes that might be the the best scenario, right? Like you probably want your son or daughter to be drug free. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. The thing is, too, yeah, because I watch both and I do both, but there is like, uh, there's a divide sometimes. And again, people are waiting. They're waiting in the wings. If you, like, I post shit about the IPF and people say, nobody cares about the IPF, the IPF sucks. And then you post some other shit and people will attack like the untested. And if you post something that's even moderately towing that line, you're inviting that, uh, like you found out. You're inviting those people to be like, fuck this IPF elitist. You know what I mean? Because you said women, you didn't say men. Sure. Because you said women, you didn't say men, but you're talking about the women at that post. So there's context there. But because you said women, like, he's an elitist, He's sexist, and then all of a sudden it blows out, and you're like, hey, man, I might not follow the men neither, but we weren't talking about the men in this conversation, but friggin', um, that's, that's how shit can get taken out of context. That's honestly why I like podcasts better, because you can explain shit. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I mean, I think I think a lot of that was, is just like, yeah, it is, it sucks, because it's like, especially when it is untested, like, how much does it... Like, how much does it affect you? How much do you need to keep going or to make progress, you know, versus it's an unlimited cap. I think that's part of, like, why the IPF or you or drug testing, the appeal is, is, like, there's there's no, like, there's a cap, obviously, at zero. Like, you can't just keep using as much as you want. I, I mean, I don't necessarily know, like, uh, diminished returns with it or anything like that, but that's, that's part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff, like, actual, actual stuff, we, but it's, it would be such a nuanced discussion <laughs> oh, yeah. like that's basically it's over yeah to be honest it's over my head i couldn't even uh i have no idea how far you could go yeah. down the rabbit hole and figure out 
how far could they actually push the human capabilities and all the rest of it? You probably see it in Strongman, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I was going to say, Strongman, dudes, Strongman is probably the best. You got dudes who are like 7 feet tall, 420 pounds with abdominals. And, but it, it'd be, could they? Eventually, you got to reach the peak. Or do you? I Maybe would, in 10 years, these dudes are lightweight. That's a frightening thought right there. That is a frightening thought. But if you look at the monsters you have now compared to, you know, in the 80s and that. Or even, not even 80s. I mean, even the 90s. 20, or 2010. What they're doing now, 2018, destroys those guys. Yeah. You know, what Half Thor is capable of right now, absolute beast. I mean, it's, uh, it would be absolutely frightening to think, um, we just know better and better genetically. We could actually start making fake hearts and shit, man. They'd be like, well, dude, this drugs is bad for your heart. They'll fucking make me a new one. I'll make a new one that's resistant to it. Yeah, that's right. But uh, but anyways, um, so we're we're quickly running out of time. Do you have? Um, I just wanted to hit that before we let you go because I, I promised I would. Sure. Do you have sponsors or anybody you want to thank or anyone to shout out as well as where can people reach you if they want to follow you? Uh, so SPD USA, PR Breaker, the Materia. Have you heard of that Materia pre workout? That one, everybody, everybody pushes that one. That one's a good one, man. Okay. Have you tried it? No, have you tried it? You got, hey, look, it's got PR in it. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can use uh, my discount code, Chance10, you know. Yeah. Um, so them two, and then TSA, TSA Family, uh, the Strength Athlete. I think that's it, man. And where can people reach you if they want to follow you? At Chance Mitchell PBC, P as in... Uh, pony, boy, <laughs> chance. Uh, I couldn't, could not think of anything. <laughs> I was like, please. I was like, peanut please. butter. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Peanut butter. There we go. Beautiful, <laughs> man. Listen, um, thank you for your time. Much appreciated. Right. We ran a little bit over the, as long as we said we did, but conversation was flowing beautifully. Um, and love to have you back, sure. perhaps uh, leading into the Arnolds, and uh, we could discuss some of the people that are going to be in it, and then um, we'll keep in touch, my friend. Sure. Sounds okay, good. Hey, buddy. Have a good one. All right. Take it easy, guys. Yeah, I'm getting close Ooh. to the line. I got to meet my boy for a jiu-jitsu. Oh. Another midlife crisis thing I got into. Um, but there we go. I wanted to clear that up because um, it was surprised when he said that. I've never had anybody hit me back like, he's going to take some meat. Still, especially seems out. maybe I'm a little desensitized on comments. But I see some really bad shit. As I said, and it, maybe I'm just sensitized in the comments as well because I spent like, so I'm much time. Sure, it's offside to say, like, I don't. The thing is, I had, it's only because I had people on here all the time telling me I don't watch men's from women. Yeah. And I don't watch the women's. I don't pay attention. I pay attention to whatever whatever class I'm in and within a class above and below, and that's it. Like, um, like I hear that all the time from people on here, so I'm not super surprised when I hear that. Like, we, I've had people on here be like, what do you think about Raw Nationals? And they're like, I don't even pay attention because yeah. I'm in the untested. And I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine. I'll just say, you know, I pay attention to a few people that I know because I'm friends with them. But the rest yeah, of them, yeah. I can tell you a lifter. Like, it's, I'm not super rattled by it. Even myself. I can, if, it comes off, if it comes off crass, it's the problem. Yeah. Or, but he, I think he was saying, here's a problem. It's context. When you write it and it's read, people don't know the tone if you think you're being joking. Yeah, because even myself, like, I could, be, I could almost say the same sort of comment because I don't follow the untested things yeah. at all, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I pay attention to them on Instagram. I yeah. pay attention to certain lifters. But, but you couldn't make pics and shit. I couldn't, no. you get torn apart. You'd be like, why'd you I, pick her? I can tell you who CC is. I can tell you yeah, yeah. I don't pretend to be yeah, like an expert in every I'm not going to tell you who's number four in the division or something like that. Yes, I agree with that. I try to take, I try to keep up on it as much as possible. Especially King of the Lifts, I'm reposting all the time. 
But for sure, I know the big name, yeah. CC. I knew, hey, can I, I just want to say, I knew CC before the US Open, and I picked her. You knew CC before CDC was CDC? That's right. <laughs> that's a quote. And yeah, I that's... picked her to win, and she did. And I messaged her and said, CC, I picked you to win. She goes, I know you did. And I was like, shit, that was awesome. But, uh, but anyways, I got to bounce. I hope you guys like the show. Um, and until next time, and please like it, share it. Tell your friends, post it in your stories. Another good episode. Subscribe. Tattoo, Subscribe. tattoo it on your body. Tattoo it on your body the whole fucking night. Six pack lap it at. Palmer Anzan lifts. Peace.